Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. The Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. Crafted in California, the LEL brand combines the latest technology with cycling tradition to deliver an experience that is authentically California. View their retail gear and custom program at lelcycling.com. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and back with me this week is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. What is going on, Patrick? Well, we've got power now, so there's that. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a yeah. good thing. Pa- power, <laughs> power is nice. Yeah, I want to apologize for our unexpected absence for the second time in three weeks. Last <laughs> week, we couldn't record because the electric utility in Northern California PG&E, which its name around these parts is synonymous with mud. Um, <laughs> they did what they termed a uh, public safety power shutoff, a PSPS. Um, and it was an interesting couple of days because there was no power at my home. So I couldn't record or mix, but also I had trouble finding like a coffee shop where I could go for Wi-Fi and to plug in and recharge my laptop. But that's over with. Yeah, uh, we we didn't. And when you fires. do, they're all like bogged down, right? Like whenever we've had powers <laughs> and like everybody in the planet trying to use like the coffee shop Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the Starbucks here, you could have hung meat in there. It was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was I actually found a Starbucks that didn't have any outlets at all. Zero. <laughs> What if that's by design? We actually don't want you to sit here for seven hours with one cup of latte, right? Like, oh, had to be because they built out that space for Starbucks. It was. Yeah, they just covered them up. They're under there. They just paneled <laughs> over them. They're like, no, 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 no. We know what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Hey, everybody, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, what do you got this week? What do I have? We had unpaved here. Um, yeah. Last weekend. Color me and envious. Was that? Color me envious. Oh, yes. It well, it was it was colorful. I uh I I just I really just want to take one second and just thank everyone who uh who came out. It was it was really an amazing amazing weekend and I don't you know, I don't know all the final counts off the top of my head, but I believe it was about 800 riders and racers all said and done. Um, wow. Yeah, which was which was amazing. You know, Lewisburg saw, which is the little town that it's held in, had about 1,600 people all said and done sort of roll through. And I uh, met tons of listeners and readers and great people. So I just I, I'm so, so, so grateful. Um, yeah, it's the, the event is held in this. Uh, like I said, in Lewisburg, it's this adorable college town in central PA that's home of Bucknell University and a very large Amish and Mennonite population. Right. So the flavor of the place is really unique. Um, super unique. It's uh, the, the town is is so excited that Unpaved was here last year 
that they moved their fall festival to coincide with the event this year. And it worked out super, super well. Uh, the registration and exhibitor gallery were next to their festival in the town, big town square. So uh-huh. it included like the usual foods and crafts. And they also had a scarecrow display. And my very favorite part was a woolly worm petting zoo. Um, <laughs> do you, I, I might've asked you this before, but do you know what woolly worms are? Uh, well, if they're what we call in the South woolly bullies, then yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, well, They're do they cute. use them in the South as weather prognosticators as well? I, I couldn't tell you. I mean. Well, you yeah. know, the groundhog, like we have our right. groundhog, Paul. Right. Um, but is it Paul? <laughs> Phil, Phil, Paul, <laughs> Phil, whatever. <laughs> Oops. Yes, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm very, very sorry. Phil, <laughs> Puxatani Phil, not Paul, is our is our annual groundhog prognosticator um, who tells us about how winter will go on on February 2nd. Well, we also have um, uh, the woolly worms, which they they measure the bands. You know, they're they're brown and black. And I uh-huh. think I, I can't remember how they do it, but they had a bunch of them at this festival. And then they had little children. It was adorable in lab coats measuring their <laughs> bands. And uh-huh. then they had this this old dude like who, who must be there like every year for many years uh, with a with a sliding scale of woolly worm uh, severe to mild winters, you know, and then they they reveal what the winter will be like. And it's uh, going to be on the severe side, but not the worst winter we've seen, according to the worms. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um anyway. But that was <laughs> that was uh that was just like it just made the you know, like a lot of times when you go to an event and you want to pick up your registration, all that's there is like a giant line. Yeah. And you just like are you're waiting to sign your waiver and you're waiting to pick up your bag and there's kind of nothing going on and you just grab your bag and go. Like maybe there's some exhibitors and stuff, but the nice thing about all this is that there was tons going on. So it took a lot of pressure off that process. Because people were just milling around. The salsa was there with their chase and all their stuff. So there was just like a lot to do. So you weren't feeling like I've got to wait in this giant line and get my stuff and then move on, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, that was super cool. And I'd like to also give a very humble thank you to all the readers, listeners, and writers who came over to my signing of Gravel, which is the book I have out now on gravel writing. Sold out in less than an hour, which was awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I was super, super grateful about that. And I would also very much like to give a humble thank you to uh, all the people for their undying confidence uh, in my ability to just line up and crush it, as so many people seem to assume that I would do on Sunday, uh, which is really not <laughs> to everybody listening. It's it's very difficult to just uh, line up and just uh, crush a 120 mile gravel race without really. You know, yeah, it's hard, um, you know, and at the sort of my pull this week is I decided I decided as soon as this unpaid became a thing that I would never actually try to race it in any capacity because it would just be impossible. You know, there's a stunning amount of work that goes into creating and supporting an event of the size. And frankly, though, I'm not handling the logistics. I get super extremely nervous leading into it. I want everything to go well. I want people to be safe. I want people to be happy. I don't want it to pour rain. Um, you know, and of course I'm running around and picking up last minute stuff for Dave and helping everything run smoothly. And if I were trying to race on top of that, I would be a terrible person. Like I would not, I would be useless. I would not be smiling. 
and walking around and petting woolly worms and, you know, doing all the stuff that was so enjoyable on Saturday. It would be like on top of the event stress, I would be trying to take care of myself and I'd be stressing that my feet weren't up and, you know, trying to figure out my hydration and my nutrition and layering because, you know, it's 120 miles and 10,000 feet of climbing and it starts it's super cold in the morning. It's like 38 degrees and then it goes to the 60s. So it's a lot of planning that goes into that. You know, uh-huh. mad respect to everybody who comes out and, and does, you know, go for the go for the podium positions. because It's hard. Um, so, yeah, no, 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 no. Racing unpaved for me. Uh, but I have to tell you, Patrick, that that means that I end up with the best of event experiences out there. And I really, really had the best of event experiences out there. I. I rode with a few of my friends who I often do these events with, one of whom was having a pretty bad day. If you saw my chase the chase picture, yes. that was my that was my friend, Nick, who was really he tried to bail six ways to Sunday all day long. And like we just kept him going because <laughs> there are ways you can like you get to like different aid stations that you'll see a couple times. And there's uh-huh. definitely ways throughout it that if you're not feeling or things are going sideways, you can cut it short. You know, because there's others, there's, there's a 54 mile, there's a 90 mile and there's a 120. So there's there's options that even within the event. But once you leave the one aid station at 50 to go out to what they call the difference, you're kind of out there. And it's like the hardest part of the 120. And he must we must have talked for I don't know. He was talking to another friend of mine. They're both like cracking beers, like maybe, you know, they're like 45 minutes. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> So I rode with the, I rode with a few of my friends. Um, and, you know, I just like I would just do my own pace up the big long climbs and then I would just soft pedal at the vistas and we'd all get together and then we bomb down the descents. And I completely took my time at the aid stations, which was a real, real treat, because usually I'm super like in and out, top off the bottles, grab a bar, you know, keep it rolling. And this time I racked my bike. I walked around and talked to people. And I actually enjoyed all the offerings they had. And, you know, it like, I'm like, wow, I like, I really missed some stuff. Like the first aid station, they had espressos. You know, my friend Paul was like, had, what are the silver hexagonal uh, stovetop espresso things? You know what I mean? The, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he had a whole bunch of those going. Like he, and it was so good. And oh. they had a fire pit. And it was just like the perfect thing at 26 miles because it did start really cold. Like I like I saw 32 degrees on my Wahoo at some point. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then the next one was at like mile 50. And this was one that you see at mile 50 and sort of mile 80 something. And it's a huge it's in the forest. It's in the the park. And Evan at Nittany Mountain Works had um, this guy Evan had. He was making fresh bacon, salted potatoes, pierogies. I mean, he had meatballs. He'd like this whole thing going pour over. They had hot cider. They had hot chocolate. It was amazing. So I was just like, I couldn't have cared less how long Nick and my friend Topher were like debating what they were going to do. <laughs> I was just like, OK, whatever. I'm going to like enjoy this. I'm going to talk to people. There's a fire pit. Um, and it was just really cool to, to just hang out and watch everyone enjoy themselves and talk to people. One woman even asked me to photobomb her, uh, salsa chaise picture on top of the final climb, which was (laughs) awesome. So I just hung out and I did that. Um, we stopped and grabbed a beer at the final aid station, which is actually at a brewery, you know, very close. It's like eight miles on a rail trail back into the finish line. 
Uh, and we literally rode with the sun setting at our backs, you know, into the wow. into the finish. Yeah. You know, and all said and done, my riding time was about eight and a half hours. But I looked at my quote unquote cafe time and it was 11 and a half. <laughs> you know, so I was like out there 11 and a half hours. Uh, and it's funny, like as I was at the brewery, I was getting these texts because you don't have any service most of the day. I was, my phone was kind of blowing up like, are you OK? <laughs> Are you, you know, like people were like already at the finish or people who were working the event and who were like, everything all right? <laughs> I'm just like, everything is fine. Um, and it was it's funny because I'm usually the one to get really twitchy when a ride stops for too long. So I, I, I think people were, were pretty surprised by that. And, you know, I have to say, like for many years, I would look at folks who stop and chill at races uh, like that with like curious bewilderment. Like they seemed like they were having a good time, but I just couldn't quite wrap my head around it. Um, and I really quite enjoyed being one of them on Sunday. I have to, I like I I very, very much did. So, it, you know, I've always known that there are a lot of ways to take in events like this. And I'm I'm firsthand experiencing it more and more now. And it, huh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's special. I I like being able to relax in that way and not worry about, you know, Oh my gosh, I've been here eight minutes. What the hell am I doing? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice not to have to be that guy anymore. And, uh, the, the week before, uh, we'll, we'll get to in my poll. I was at Levi's Fondo and one of the stops, we definitely took our time. They were making sandwiches. Um, hmm. you know, and you know, that's the other thing is like when you go to an event and it's not a bunch of, you know, off-brand Oreos and Country Time lemonade and, you know, bananas cut in half. Not that there's anything wrong with bananas. The other two are right. a little more questionable. But when you go someplace and yeah, if they're making bacon and espresso <laughs> and, you know, like we had at, at one of the grasshoppers, we had quesadillas. Uh, right. No, that was fish rock. Um, they were, yeah, fish uh, quesadillas with uh, cheese and bacon in them. When you have an opportunity to have something like that. There is a kind of implicit message that, you know, there might be more to this than just pedaling your bike. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, and that's a that's an excellent point. I mean, there's definitely events I do that it, that's not I mean, it at, to your point, it's well supported, but it's not encouraging you to kick back, you know, by the fire and just like chat <laughs> for a little bit and enjoy your day if you don't feel like racing. Right. And I, I think yeah. that that's what I enjoyed about this. It's just like. It did. It it did make that an enjoyable experience, because if there was nothing there, I might have said, oh, sorry, guys, but I'm just going to carry on my day and yeah. see at the finish line, you know, because it is what it is. And certainly, I mean, if I am if there's something at the end that I'm going for, whether it's breaking a time or a belt buckle or, you know, all that kind of stuff, like, sure, you can kill a lot of time at aid stations, even if you don't mean to. So, oh, yeah, you know, it, it's just a strategy of ways. But yeah, I mean, you know that from Kansas, you know, from anything like that, it adds up. But if yep. you're, you know, I mean, it, if you go into another mode and those rest stops are equipped with friendly faces and, and stuff to partake in, then why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are some guys here uh, who have created this, uh, I don't even know what to call it, uh, but it's called T-Rex Productions. And mm -hmm. they put on those inflatable dinosaur suits and they, they will man an aid station somewhere uh, on you know the bike monkey events. And they're the ones who are doing the quesadillas at Fish Rock. And 
These guys are absolute no accounts. They're drunks. Uh, <laughs> they are, uh, they are unreliable except for insofar as you need to find a party. Um, but <laughs> uh, they're, they're absolutely delightful guys and they, they take a party pretty seriously. Right. And, uh, Sebastian told me one day that they're waiting for the event where they can have a rest stop near the finish. That's close enough that they can kind of capture people with food and beer and see to it that they actually decrease the finishing rate for the event. Huh. They want to get people so chilled out that they just decide, no, I'm, I'm just going to do this. I'll roll back to my car later. I'm just going to roll with the party. Uh, that's a curious kind of ambition, but I sort of want to see them succeed in that quest. I may yeah. even be willing to be one of their victims. Interesting. <laughs> Again, there are many, many ways to go about these yeah, many ways to go about these events. And certainly, you know, in this this event, there were people who camped, you know, they camped in the forest. And when you're out there camping in a forest, I mean, you're not you're in a whole different mode. Right. I mean, yes. you're in you're in you're in that mode. You're in like I am on adventure pace mode and, and I'm going to stop and take pictures at vistas and do all that stuff. And that's that's cool, too. Like that's that is to be applauded as much as, you know, Ted King just crushing it out there. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. And, Right. And he did. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's one of the other things that only recently occurred to me is that, you know, when you go to a crit or most road races, you know, if you get dropped from the main bunch, that's it. Your day is over in a crit. You're going to get pulled off the field in a road yes. race. You know, you got to start watching behind you for the next field to come up so that you can get the hell out of the way and let them pass. It's not, it's not a particularly interesting exploit after that fact whereas with a gravel event it doesn't matter if you were four hours or six hours you had your day you had your adventure totally and that and you yeah and you got to enjoy the full the full course right like no one's pulling like i mean you have to make cutoffs i mean these people these volunteers are not going to like entertain you for 24 hours but (laughs) you know that being said like the cutoffs are super generous and um yeah, no one is saying, okay, you're not in the 80%, so sorry. You've got to get into this, you know, the broom wagon or get off the course. Like, that, that's yeah. not happening. Yeah. yeah. I just, I love that they're designed in such a way that you have ample opportunity to be successful. Yes. Success is something that you define for yourself, isn't yes. defined by finishing with the main pack. 100%. Uh, yeah, I 100, 100% agree with that. And they are they are very much designed for you to be successful. And, you know, this particular event is designed for you to um, maybe adjust what you're defining as successful. You know, like they <laughs> there, there were if you're if you're successful is going to be 90 instead of a 120. That's that's OK. You know, I mean, you can still get yourself to the finish line and have a really nice ride. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's good. That's like I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm so with you. It's one of the reasons that this has so captured my imagination and and my interest as a rider. Um, you know, and it's I've, so fun to look at all the bikes out there. Oh my god! There's oh so yeah, many. yeah, yeah. It's really uh, cool. I I love that part because yeah, another thing about gravel is you're much more likely to see somebody on a custom frame. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's and, true. 
And so I, yeah, I like that, you know, that opportunity to see, well, you know, what are you doing and what tires are you running? And, you know, it's not, uh, 120 people all running 23 millimeter, uh, clinchers or tubulars. (laughs) So yeah, that, that variety and, you know, sense of self-expression is just another piece of what makes all this stuff so great. I've pinned on a number exactly once for a road event this year. What was that? Levi's Grand Fondo a week ago. Oh, okay. I guess that is a, it is a road event. Is that all paved? I guess you're, that's probably going to do your poll. So maybe yeah. I'll, I'll pull over and let you segue into that. Is that a full road event? It It is. Uh, there is normally one option where you can take in a dirt road, uh, but it was closed this year because they couldn't get a permit to go up the road because since the last time Levi's Fondo happened, there have been... Two major landslides, one minor oh. landslide, and a, a giant old growth redwood fell. Oh, and, okay. The yeah. universe is trying to say maybe not. Yeah. I mean, the part that scares me is I adore that road, uh, Willow Creek Road. It gets used in a lot of the grasshoppers, and it's just so much fun to ride. For the most part, it's not a terribly steep descent, maybe six or seven percent. Um, probably at times only four or five, there are a couple of steep little pitches, but with the landslides that have happened, you're now, there are two different places where you're down to like three feet to pass. Uh, and you know, you're, you're staring 160 feet, 200 feet, you know, down something that got cleaned out by a bunch of falling earth. So (laughs) I don't, you know, I'm afraid because it's gated at both ends, I'm afraid that there's not going to be much of an effort to try to restore this road. That, that is a fair fear. Yeah, that that would yeah. be a real bummer. It's just such a no. Is it something spot. that you could ride sort of like with friends and not worry about it anyway? Yes. Yeah, Tuts. yeah Tuts. we do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. It's a kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, until it becomes impassable. I'm yeah. going to keep riding it for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, what do you say we take a break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be back with my talk about Levi's Grand Fondo. Sweet. Okay, you bring it back. At Shimano, we love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, Show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running 
just like when it was new. Okay, we we are back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, tell me what you got this week. So uh, this would have been my poll last week, um, <laughs> <laughs> but power. Um, so a week ago last Saturday was Levi's Grand Fondo. This is the 11th year for the event. I can't wow. believe that much time has already passed. Yeah, I can't either. And honestly, the event continues to improve in little ways each year. Every time I do the event, I feel like I have to admit it's like I've got to come clean before the universe. This thing is really responsible for me moving to Sonoma County. Right. It's so well done that I just kept coming up year after year. And that gave me the opportunity, you know, seeing, seeing Sonoma County. I mean, good Lord, Sonoma County in early October, the early part of the fall, this place is magic. And you know, it was a classic shooting fish in a barrel thing. If I didn't fall in love with this place at that point in the year, it wasn't going to happen, but I didn't really stand a chance. So one thing that was different this year was that I watched at the start as Levi gave a big cardboard check from the King Ridge Foundation, which is the charitable arm of the Fondo, to mm-hmm. the B-Rad Foundation. My friend, Jeremiah Commison, is the executive director for the foundation. Jeremiah was one of the first local writers to really welcome me to the community. And the foundation was named for Jeremiah's friend, Brad Parker, who was unfortunately killed in a fall while climbing in Yosemite. Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. So recently or this has been a few years, 2014. Yeah. Uh, But he took the tragedy and decided, well, I'm going to turn this into an opportunity to begin helping underprivileged kids have outdoor experiences in sports like cycling, surfing and climbing. They also do beach cleanups. I'll add that Jeremiah was one of my friends who lost his home when the Tubbs fire hit Coffee Park. And when Paceline listeners and RKP readers sent clothing to help riders get back out there, Jeremiah was the first person to benefit. And that was a pretty magic moment between us. So the King Ridge Foundation gave the B-Rad Foundation $34,000 at the start in front of, you know, more than 4,000 people standing there looking at this. You know, they were up on, on top of a Sprinter van. And Jeremiah had also managed to secure a matching grant from the Outride Foundation, which Specialized started to get kids outside on bikes, particularly those with ADHD. The money allowed him to purchase a dozen bikes, helmets to go with them, and a trailer to store them all in. And then Levi gets him up in front of the crowd, tells everyone what Jeremiah has done, and gives him the number one for the ride. Um, it's stuff like this, which is why when I hear people bash the event, you know, the, oh, the dopers fondo, I really <laughs> defend it. Levi doesn't profit, he doesn't profit from the event at all. And the good it does in our community makes a real difference. And to see that loop closed right in front of me with people I know who've been doing this work was extra special. You know, I've even heard people spreading rumors about how it's been shrinking and stuff. Someone actually told me, oh, it's just down. Yeah, (laughs) I don't understand why people would do this, but whatever. Someone told me that it was down to 1,500 people. I was like, I don't think you're right about that. 
there were 4,200 people out there. And that's, that's after a lot of you people. fact out the, that's after the no shows were deducted mm-hmm. and not counting the bandit riders who didn't pay to do the ride, which has been growing some in recent years. Yeah. Do they have a lot of bandits? I, I'm just told it's been growing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I, I suspect that uh, Carlos of Bike Monkey has an idea of how many are out there, but he didn't share that with me. So I got to spend the day riding with Jeremiah and then the guy who runs the Outride Foundation for Specialized and another buddy of his. And the quartet that we formed just had such an awesome day. Jeremiah was on such a high that he just crushed it all day long as we were riding the last few miles back from Occidental into Santa Rosa. (laughs) He was like, yeah, let's just soft pedal this. And he proceeded to storm away from me. (laughs) <laughs> I I just think he was in such a good place that he couldn't even tell, just wasn't feeling the change. Yeah, that's great. So as cool as all that is, there's the simple fact that the ride, which is what the people who were there to actually experience, it's just exquisite. They changed the start so that we now have fewer turns before we get to the first hill on Occidental Road. And that's help, that helps spread things out. The start used to be, honestly, a little nerve-wracking for me. But, you know, the signage is clear, and each turn is accompanied by police and volunteers. And then each of the different distances gets a different color for their Mm -hmm. number so that the volunteers can actually help direct riders to make the correct turn if one course is splitting off from another. Mm -hmm. And these rest stops... They're some of the best that I've ever encountered in my life. Uh, you know, Osmo was our hydration sponsor, so there was no country time lemonade. <laughs> Plain water is still an option, you know. Uh, there were a variety of bars, some cookies, you know, certainly bananas, but peeled clementines, uh, apple slices. Every rest stop had both uh, mechanical assistance and first aid. And then there's on the road assistance as well. The mind-blowing thing, food-wise, <laughs> mm-hmm. was when we got to the lunch stop at Ritchie Ranch, as in Tom Ritchie, mountain bike legend. Oh, okay. There was a whole tent, like one of those that you use for wedding ceremonies or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Whole tent devoted to sandwiches. They were making sandwiches to order. Oh, that's it was awesome. a bit like walking into Subway, Subway mm-hmm. only it was free. And outside. <laughs> That's nice. I, I mean, I'd gotten there in the past, and like just been handed a sandwich, you know, right. but turkey or ham. Oh, okay. I'll take a turkey. You know, wow. I've got a whole sandwich here. No, <laughs> I got to order exactly what I wanted. On, hold the onion, please. <laughs> you know, so Very that nice. was, yeah, that was really nice. And because we took Fort Ross road, which is a difficult climb in its own right, but it's a little shorter than, taking King Ridge, which is the namesake of the ride. We were early into that lunch stop. And so there mm-hmm. weren't many people yet. Uh, we were able to get through there a little quicker as a result. I tell you, Celine, for me, as many times as I've ridden this event, the next thing that happens in the ride is the, is the descent down Myers grade road. And mm-hmm. you get to see the Sonoma coast. This has got to be one of the prettiest views I've ever seen in my life and it never ever gets old. And I mean, 
even when it's foggy, that view is something to die for. It's just incredible. You've got the rocks sticking out of the ocean and the, the, the cliff mm. shoreline, and you've got this great line of sight kind of directly south down the coast. It's special stuff. And it's one of those where for that one moment, as you begin that descent, that makes the trip to Sonoma County worth it for this event. That alone, that moment right there. Uh, and I'll also say that, you know, maybe because of the ketamine, the colors were just a little <laughs> brighter that day. It was, it was just so good. I was so glad to be there. I had to miss it last year. So it was nice to get back to it. How long is the event in its entirety? Um, well, so there are a bunch of different lengths. There's the the long version. They used to call it the Panzer. They changed the name. I don't remember what that is. It's about 120. Mm-hmm. Then the standard Fondo is like 102. And then the Fort Ross version, which I did, is about 85, mm-hmm. 87 with riding from home and back home afterward. I ended up with like a 95 mile day. That's a good um, day. And then there's a metric century-ish length. And then there's the short fun ride that's right about 30 miles uh, that is available. You know, a lot of families do that, that sort of thing. So you've got plenty of options. And, you know, honestly, the roads in West County, Sonoma, putting 4,000 people out there, it's, it's a little bit of a burden. And so... Carlos and Bike Monkey do a great thing by really kind of filtering everybody out on a variety of roads so that the the group hasn't right. just completely shut down one road. That's um, good. That I is still good. wouldn't recommend anybody getting Take on King Ridge off. that day. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And there's, you know, there's also a fair understanding that this group is bringing a lot of money into the county. So I think people are fairly tolerant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's those events bring, they bring a lot of, once an area gets it, they bring a lot of money into an, uh, an area. Yeah. 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 And early on, I will say that the King Ridge foundation was doing a lot of stuff, uh, to help, help various communities in West County. I remember mm-hmm. there was a, an art program that they helped fund at one of the schools that the ride passed through things like that. So that they were seeing, you know, right. a direct benefit as a result of putting up with everybody come coming right, through. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's important. It, it really is something. And I, I like that, you know, you don't hear that, Oh, this is a charitable ride and then you get nothing, no other information about it. They really, put their charitable work front and center so that you mm-hmm. see it. And I think that's a really nice thing that they do. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. What a day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's- yeah, one of these next couple of years, I'll, I'll make it back your way to do unpaved. You totally should. People ever like people ask about you. It's funny. Gotta get them out here to do one of these rides. I'm like, yep. So, Agreed. I'll, I'll do a grasshopper and you have to come out to do, yeah, one of these. Deal. All right. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's go on to Paceline Picks. Sure. Mine is, and it's funny, uh, for months now, my friend and uh, frequent listener, or I should say weekly listener, Rich, has reminded me that I've never said what the super secret bike was from, I think, maybe May. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I've been waiting. <laughs> I totally forgot <laughs> um, until I saw one at Unpaved. I was like, hey, look at that. That's that bike that I never talked about. Well, I was riding the other bike that I couldn't talk about, which was the Salsa Cutthroat. Um, which I wondered was, if uh, that was maybe it. <laughs> what's that? I had wondered if the Salsa Cutthroat was maybe it. Yeah, well, the Salsa Cutthroat is the one that I was, I almost <laughs> blurted out last week because I forgot that it was not supposed to be talked about yet. Um, <laughs> funny how that happens. But uh, yeah, that bike is it was that bike I did on Keystone Gravelon, which was the enduro style race that I won a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it's it's really made for bike packing in those like the grind duro sort of events. It was a little too much bike for an unpaved kind of course. And, you know, Salsa knows that like unpaved is a warbird course, you know, like Matt Aker, their 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 athletes were on the warbirds for that. But it was fun. It was there's some there's one gnarly section on the 120 that was uh that was well suited to to the cutthroat but my pick uh for this week because i need to talk about this bike that i haven't talked about for months and i kept teasing is <laughs> is the um is the open uh wide w-i-d-e uh which is another open have you seen been on one of the uh the wides from open no no i haven't even seen it yet yeah so they it's their sort of response to the allied, if you will, the so the the, you know, like the bikes that keep getting bigger and making more room for more tires and, and all this. So the open wide um, drops both of the chainstays and it okay. fits a two point four inch mountain bike tire on a six fifty B. So and it also <laughs> has yeah, it also has more carrying capacity. Then, you know, the, the open upper, my upper, I couldn't care. I can carry my credit card, you know, and it has like a bento <laughs> box thing. But that's that's pretty much it. It's not made for that. Uh, you can put everything in the kitchen sink on the open wide. But it's also still um, it's all, it's it, the open has a road bike pedigree, right? Like those guys, Gerard and Andy are definitely they they like the road bike fasty kind of things, you know that yep. that's their yeah that's their preference, and you can tell that pedigree because even though this is a little slacker and you know it's a little whatever, it still it still rides more like a road bike, which I I always frankly appreciate as well. Um, when I tried it out, I tried I took the seven because I like I like it's still like seven hundreds more than six fifty B. I just yeah, like the way both. they I just like the way they handle better. So I, I put a pretty beefy tire on it. it. It really minimized the clearance, but it wasn't a muddy day. And that's what I said. It felt like a Parisian. I felt like I was just like mowing over everything in sight. It, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun ride. It's a dedicated, um, one by, however, because of the whole setup, they, you cannot make it a two by, um, <sighs> I, I know that's a thing. I know that's a thing that, and that can be a deal breaker for some people. I didn't find myself searching for that elusive gear on that bike as I sometimes will, but I, you know, I know that's a thing and I didn't ride it on something like an unpaved where you might be like, mm, I don't know. Uh, so I can't really speak to that though. The guy, the gentleman I talked to who had traded in his up for the wide was very, very happy with it. Like that, he had decided that that was the setup and uh, that he preferred. So yeah, it's, it's still, it's very, it's still very light. It's a, uh, 1385 grams uh, on a size medium and $3,200 for the frame set. So hmm. that would be my pick this week. Cool. Um, with 700C, what's the maximum width tire you can run through there? 
Uh, that's a great question, and I'm terrible at remembering it. I put it definitely takes like a 40 or, you know, up to like I had a 50 on there and was totally oh, fine. Yeah, you had a 50. I okay. did. I, I had very little clearance, I'll tell you, though. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's what you should go around running. But um, it 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 was surprising what I could put on there and still get away with. I mean, that you could run the 43 millimeter Gravel King SK and still have room. That says a lot. Yeah, no, it, um, I just saw the official. The official tire widths that they recommend is 35 to 46. So that's still generous. Going up yeah. to a 40. Yeah, that's that's plenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to complain at that point, we might need to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I... It was a bit like wagon wheels the way I had it set up, but it was really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I look forward to getting a look at it. Uh, maybe even getting to ride one at once at some point. Yeah. My pick this week is the Panracer Race A Evo 4 tubeless oh, tire. I saw your review and it made me very curious. Oh my gosh. Things. Well, that's, I mean, I am so in love with them. That's why it's a pick here as well as a review there. I just love these tires and I haven't been shy about making it known previously that I've had a great many issues with tubeless road tires. The big problem I typically have is that the tire will blow off the rim above 60 PSI. This has happened a number of times. And let me tell you, if you happen to be holding wow. the wheel in your Seriously? hand at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh. It stings. Oh my gosh, it stings. And you got to get your jeans right in the wash right after that too. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Um, But when I was seeding these, I pumped them up to 80 PSI just to see if they would hold. And they did. I've been riding them at 60 to 65 PSI. I've played around a little bit. I think I could easily take them lower. I could probably run them at 50, but I think 55 might be the sweet spot. You know, it's always interesting to get to that point where the pressure is low enough that you stop uh, that bounce after you hit something. It's yeah. it's that sense that you know you're the you're getting a certain amount of you know trampoline bounce effect. That's really what happens when you're above pressure, but not hugely so. So mm-hmm. it's the it's the thing I'm always watching for. So I'm close at sixty, but probably need to go a little bit lower. Um, and these are the, I've been riding the 28 millimeter tire. They come in other widths as well. Um, but I, man, Pan Eraser has these graphics that talk about, you know, the strength of each or, or various dimensions of, of, you know, what the tires offer rolling resistance, grip, uh, comfort, uh, puncture resistance, all these different things. And all things considered, it's their best all-around tire, but they still consider their tubular to be a more comfortable ride. Hmm. And you know, I kind of I kind of wonder if that really could be the case because I can't see me ever running a tubular, even a 28 at 60 psi. Oh god no. God no. No. You're going to get so much sidewall squirm. The Yeah, I would never ever. I would make me insane. Yeah. And so I, I can't see doing that. And then there's the fact that like, I've ridden these on gravel and, you know, I do so with no fear whatsoever. Uh, right. Crushed granite <laughs> right through it. 
And it's great. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to run this tire at a grasshopper, but you know, for taking a, right. a mile of gravel between two different points so that I don't have to get on, on the highway 12. Yeah. Kind of a handy little thing. Um, and seriously, these things have not burped once since I got them seated. Uh, the tire goes for $69.99 and Panaracer also has a new sealant, Seal Smart. It uses ground up walnut shells uh, for the sealant and it blends that with a hypoallergenic latex, which they say will be you know, less irritating to skin. I do think that the setup, uh, that the sealant helped with the setup and helped hmm. give me uh, get them set up really quickly. I'm, so what I'm do just, the ground up walnut shells do? That's, that's the actual sealant part of the sealant. You know, that's what fills the hole. Oh yeah. Huh. But I mean, you look at the stuff and it's still kind of an off white to almost sort of pink. So it's not like it's brown and looks like, you know, <laughs> walnut wood or something. It's not like right. that at all. So they must've grounded up pretty fine. I, Again, the stuff worked really well in terms of getting the tires set up. It was instantaneous. I didn't fuss with them at all. And that's completely the opposite of every other road tubeless experience I've had. I've been so frustrated previously. And huh. yeah. this was way different. Very pleasant. Um, and I might ought to mention that I put the tires on uh, Zip 30s. Uh, it's a... You know, it's a tubeless ready wheel and just a great all around everyday training wheel. Mm -hmm. And yeah, boom, I was off and running. Um, I had them set up in less than an hour. Wow. I just, yeah. And, and now it's like, I want to put these tires on every single wheel I own, but I don't own all tubeless wheels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm super, I, I still am not tubeless on the road because I have not had great luck with that. So I, I am, I am curious. Yeah. I'll have to check uh, these are worth trying. These are absolutely worth trying. Yeah. Well, Hey, I think that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Um, are you pinning on a number for anything this weekend? I am. Uh, it's iron cross this weekend. Oh, which, for those who don't know, is like one, of, you know, it, it modeled itself off of three peaks and it's one of. And it was well ahead of its time. Well, well ahead of its time. You know, just like it's a it's an ultra cross. You, 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 you rock climb with your bike. You God knows what you do with your bike. You pretty much, you know, everything is fair game. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything is fair game. It's 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 very fun. It's out towards sort of the same area. Not far from where Unpaved is. There's talk uh -huh. of eventually trying to encourage people to bike pack between the two of them. Like, come out for the whole week and do Unpaved and then work your way over to Iron Cross. But, uh, which wow. would be an amazing week. Uh, and maybe someday. But yeah, that's, that is this weekend. I, I have to confess that it's, I mean, it's like mentally it's hard because I'm, I'm so sort of still recovering mentally from the whole unpaved experience, not just the <laughs> rent, but uh, yeah, I'll get out there. It's, it's, it'll seem much, much shorter because it's only 60 miles as opposed to 120. <laughs> so there's that, <laughs> there's that. Um, yeah. So that is this weekend. And then uh, we'll talk about the rest of the stuff next week. I've got some interesting stuff coming up. 
Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to miss another bike monkey event. Uh, there's one this weekend, the Hammer, uh, the Hammer Road Rally. And I'm seriously bummed about this. Originally, the event, when it was first started, was on gravel roads outside of Fresno. But for this year, it was moved up to Shaver Lake in the Sierra. And the course just looks incredible. I've been waiting all flipping year for this. And now I've had some some personal stuff come up that precludes me from going. Um, uh-huh. And it doesn't really hurt. I guess in one sense that one of the reasons that I really should stay away from it is because at the end of this month, I have a trip to Costa Rica coming up. Oh yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that since it's uh gosh, I forget, but six days, six, I think it's six days of mountain biking. Uh, it's an eight day trip. Uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, my legs were actually recovered. Given <laughs> what I experienced, you know, right. I did the the eight day San Francisco to L.A. ride. And then a week later was Levi's Grand Fondo. And right. three or four days after that, I got on the bike and my legs were like, um, could we take a nap instead? <laughs> and yesterday was the first day where they started to feel OK. So I've really wanted to be smart. <laughs> Unlike so what is what is the trip in Costa Rica? So uh, Miguel Crawford of yeah. the Grasshopper Adventures, the- he's doing his first out of the country tour. It's a oh mountain bike God. tour. Yeah, we're we're going to be in Costa Rica. There are so many details I still don't know. All I know wow. is like what what I'm packing, <laughs> and I, I mean I'm going to be checking the uh, the weather forecast some, but the weather should be pretty nice. It shouldn't be you know hotter shouldn't than be the gates I'm not positive about the rain, but, you know, even if it does, it'll still be warm. It just it yeah. won't be blazingly hot. So um, and I mean, we're going to be going off into the jungle. <laughs> yeah, La Route is one that I've never done. So, I, you know, I I only have heard about that element of mountain biking down there. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't yeah. know the more tame if there are more tame elements. Well, I will find out. Yeah, it's funny because the the group of guys that's going, it's a it's a very small group, basically five of us, and they're all pretty fit. And so one of my concerns is to make sure that I'm there in the best possible shape I can be, at least in terms of recovery, because I don't want to get left behind for some boom slang or something to bite mm-hmm. me. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair. so. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, so I have to miss the hammer road rally this weekend and I'm really bummed about that. Um, I, Carlos sent me a picture earlier of what it looks like out there and there's a dusting of snow. It's oh, just beautiful. I mean, the Sierra at its best, right? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I got to ask you about the piece you published today about Strava ending in-app support for Ant Plus mm. and Bluetooth. Uh, for folks who don't net yet know about this, why don't you briefly explain what they announced? Did you happen to get the email from them as well? I haven't looked. I haven't looked to see it. Some people haven't. Um, I, I've been getting some comments on my Facebook, my uh, FitChick Facebook page, my professional page that... Um, some people didn't get that email or maybe it went to junk and they didn't know it. You know, I don't know. Um, but I woke up yesterday to the email, uh, saying, Hey, uh, 
basically we are no longer supporting uh, heart rate or power, so they won't be supporting any Bluetooth or Ant Plus devices on the Strava mobile app. Yeah. So if you, which they, which they say is because they have encountered crashes among millions of users, not of whom are not even using the app that way, mm-hmm. um, because of these connectivities. Now I don't. I know the guys over there. I, I like them a lot. I have not talked to anyone who's encountered these crashes. There's a lot of questions about it. There's a lot of like, why now? I mean, Strava is very old, right? I mean, it's, we, we've been using Strava this way for, for a long time. It's, um, it's relatively mature as technologies go. Yeah. So, um, but they, are, as of, and as soon, it's October 28th, they will no longer support it. So you can still, if you're using GPS, that's fine, right? If you're using, mm-hmm. you know, Wahoo Fitness or any of the other, and there are dozens of them, Fitbit, like, that you're recording, you know, with and that automatically sync to Strava, you're fine. But yep. I know personally, like, a lot of times I love the simplicity, especially mountain biking. Like, mm-hmm. I don't always want to put my head unit on my bike. Like, a lot of times, like, I just want to you know, sync up with the app, put it in my pocket or my fanny pack or a hip pack and just go, you know, yeah. and that, that yeah. will not be, I mean, you can still record your ride, but you cannot sync up to anything. You can't sync up to, um, you know, the, the, heart rate the Bluetooth monitor. And the, yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah, it's I a, mean, it's a crazy call because they're essentially saying, go use another thing and just sync to us. And, uh, you know, and I'm guessing people because, I mean, Strava is, you know, I think most people use Strava for what? For the bling. In my opinion, I like to see the crowns and to see the stuff, I, I think, because it's that social competitiveness. But I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. What's your take on it? Well, I just can't believe that they admitted defeat. I mean, that seems- is a serious engineering fail. I know, like you. But out of nowhere, you don't think, have you, like, <laughs> have you heard about this before? That's what. No. I don't know. I've, I mean, I've used that feature any number of times. It's not a regular way I do things, but I have used it. I mean, the number of times that I failed to fully charge my Wahoo yes. element. Yes. And then I, I look yes. down and it's off and it's like, well, I need to record the rest of the ride. So I pull yep. my phone out and I turn it on. I have done it's, that many times. Yeah. So yeah. just as, as a backup for me being stupid. <laughs> yeah. And. You know, uh, then there's the fact that, yeah, I know a lot of people who don't want something on their handlebar, but want to record the ride. And so they've been doing that. This is a great, a wonderful occasion for that classic line, retreat the other way. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the, I mean, I would think under normal circumstances, the answer is to, I don't know, fix the bug, not give up. Certainly, I mean, you know, I, I saw I saw plenty of comments uh, from from people on your Facebook page. Yeah, you know, similarly amazed. The yeah. only bug I have ever encountered in the app is that when I go to name a ride, mm-hmm. any number of times, I'll tap on that field, and it'll uh, the keyboard will come up and then immediately go back down, yeah. and so I have to tap it a second time. That's the only bug I have ever encountered. And it's like, I've had that one for more than a year. It's like, I don't know, guys, why don't you fix that? (laughs) 
And I've never seen it crash in any capacity. Like, I no. don't know. No. I, I, yeah. And I haven't talked to anyone who has. So it, it, it does sound very strange. I don't mean to be, I'm not, a, I, I don't usually think that way, but it seems really odd. It seems very odd. Yeah. Yeah. I can't come up with a good reason why, uh, you know, uh, whatever, you know, they're doing it. So we better prepare. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody, keep those questions coming. You all have been sending great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Pimel. They are up in the RKP store. I should mention uh, the the store will catch up with this soon. We are out of mediums and larges in men's sizes. We do have small and extra large, and then we still have all the women's sizes. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Poll. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for cyclists. Uh, This week's show is with Toby Stanton of Hot Tubes, uh, arguably the winningest cycling coach in U.S. history. We talk about his paint and carbon repair business. And then in a separate episode, because I had to split it in two because we were on the phone for two hours, (laughs) uh, there will be a separate episode coming up next week that talks about his team. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.